0: Welcome back to About South. This week, we're at the Center for Puppetry Arts in Atlanta, Georgia, talking to Jill Nash-Malool, museum director, and Kristen Haverty, who's currently associate producer but is transitioning into the role of the Center's producer this fall. I learned so much while I was there, which is why this episode includes a lot of me saying wow. I tried to edit some of them out for you, but let my complete amazement stand. I also learned that Jim Henson is from Mississippi. Who knew? I mean, maybe you knew, but I didn't know Jim Henson was born in Mississippi. We also talked about why this incredibly unique center is so important to have in Georgia. What it means for the local community and what it means internationally to support the arts. Puppetry is a global tradition that spans regions and countries and continents. And though it may seem like something you haven't thought about since you were a kid, what I learned and what I hope you gather from this episode, we all still have a lot to learn from puppets. I'm Gina Kaysen, and this Is about South. Oh, yeah, okay. Look at this. Oh, this is- I'm so glad I haven't been here before for this because that's really cool. What is this? This is one of the puppets from Warhorse. Um, it's made by this company in South Africa. Wow. That's so, incredible.
1: Like a grown man can ride on that puppet, which is crazy.
0: That is amazing. How does it run? Like, okay. A human is manipulating it,
2: mm-hmm. yeah, and then um, someone else
0: can be riding it. Picture.
2: Yeah, okay, so here you go. You have, like, the two people doing the body, and then this person is control, like, the head control is oh, wow! long, and then they can be very expressive with the horse. And then there's people riding it, and then the puppeteers are still underneath, which is... <laughs> mind-boggling and also awesome. <laughs> yeah, isn't it?
0: That is incredible. It's so beautiful. It weighs
2: about 110 pounds. Wow. Okay, well back up. Um, yeah. Please tell me your name. <laughs> I'm Jill nash I'm the museum director here at the Center for Puppetry Arts. And we have two main galleries here in our permanent exhibition, the Global Collection Gallery and the Jim Henson Collection Gallery. And as you walk into the museum, you'll see what is a puppet and it explains that puppets are things that you can pick up and manipulate and turn into a character. And so that is a wide breadth of things. And when folks come here to the center, they maybe don't always realize how connected their lives might be to puppetry. So as they go through the exib- exhibitions, they get to see lots of things. It might be reminiscent of their childhood or things that they've seen. And it's like, puppetry. Oh, that is actually part of what I'm interested in and who I am.
0: Now, what does it mean to have this collection in the U.S. South. I mean, it's a global collection, but what does it mean for the city? Why is this collection here?
2: Um, So the collection is here because our founder, Vincent Anthony, uh, decided that he wanted to put together a center where you could have puppetry live. Puppetry is a static, fine art, and as well as making puppetry and getting people here doing workshops. And we are the only center of our kind in the country and it's really important to the city of Atlanta and to the South that we're here. Um, It's funny, as I was thinking about this, um, we have people that will call, they'll live here in Atlanta and then they'll move away and they'll call and say, where's my local center for puppetry arts? And we'll say, we're here in Atlanta still because we are the only thing like this in the country. And it's not necessarily an art form. like Many cities, larger cities have a ballet and an opera, but not everyone has a place to go see live puppetry. So we are very excited that we have that aspect and then we have all these wonderful historical puppets. So we really can explain puppetry in a way that other folks can't. And um, as you walk through the museum, we do have everything displayed as if they are works of art, but we also have lots of video and sound so that we can really explain how the puppetry works and what it was like when it was being used. Um, Because once they come in as artifacts, we no longer use them as puppets right they go into conservation and now they're yeah absolutely
0: okay is it challenging conservation in the southeast is sometimes challenging because of climate
2: yes um and we are re- really very lucky in um 20, 2007 jim henson's family decided that, that we would be the home to the world's largest collection of jim henson puppets props costumes and um, as part of that, we needed to build a better storage area. So we were able to do a capital campaign and raise funds. Um, the exhibit areas that we're in right now, this is all brand new as of 2015. Um, our new storage, our storage area was uh, refurbished. And so we have um, climate controls and the right boxes and everything to put um, our our work in so that it is uh, stored to museum standards. And um, we do have some, you know, just like all other places in the South, we have to be sure that we keep an eye on the humidity and, and the temperature and everything, but it's all climate controlled so that we can best take care of these items. And if they stay at a very steady temperature and humidity, then that's best for their longevity so we can share them with generations to come.
0: Right, because puppets, imagine puppets are largely a textile medium. Puppets are made out of everything. Oh, and okay, <laughs> okay. So, <laughs> I like, I'm thinking... I, it's funny that you said, oh, this first thing explains what is a puppet. Because as soon as I walked in, I did have a bit of a crisis where I was like, wait, what is a puppet? Right. <laughs> I mean,
1: it,
0: like, just, you, at first it feels like, oh, it's like the thing and you put your hand in it and you like manipulate its mouth. It's like, wah, wah, wah. Right. But then you start to realize, no, there's, there's puppets, a lot. There's
2: rod puppets. There's shadow puppets. There's many kinds of puppets. We have stop motion puppets, which are, we have things made out of clay. We have things made out of wood. We have things made out of We have things that were made to be used in a performance that day and then never to be touched again, but here we are trying to preserve it for um, lots and lots of people to see. We had to do um, a significant amount of conservation work on our Henson um, collection because a lot of those things were made out of something called Scott Foam, which deteriorates really easily. So um, as we received the collection, a lot of that old Scott Foam had broken down and that was all replaced with archival foams and things so that we can still preserve the puppets for a very long time, but the people can see them as they were meant to be seen. Wow! We try to rotate all of our objects out um, so that they're only on exhibit every two years or so. Okay. Um, again, it, that adds to the preservation of them, getting them out of the light, and getting them off of being on a mount and um, That way, also, people can see a lot of what we have if they continue to come back. Right. We won't be able to see it all in one shot.
0: It's also not, um, I think sometimes people can come to a museum space like this and think, if I've been once, I don't need to go again. Right. But it's always going to be something new and different because of your collection. us here. This has just been an amazing day so far. I love the collection. I've never been to the Center before. Welcome. Thank you. <laughs> and I would like to ask you Kristen, what is your background with puppetry and where did you get your start?
1: I uh, started uh, in theater and uh, both in high school and in college. I was very active in theater and music and uh, wasn't quite sure what I wanted to do with all of that. Uh, I also got mixed in with uh, some uh, animation and uh, experimenting with that. And so with all of those things, I went to Sarah Lawrence College, which is a design-your-own-major ty- type of uh, uh, institution. So I was able to really design whatever I wanted to study. I was able to add that to the mix. and. So, for my junior year, I decided I'd go to Prague and to Bali to study abroad. Uh, little did I know that those are two hotbeds of puppetry. And, and even during that time, I, uh, I studied the shadow uh, puppetry in Indonesia, the wayang Kulit. And then in Prague, I studied animation, particularly stop motion. So a lot of puppet, um, because Prague is very very well known for puppetry, and, but I was taking it from the angle of the stop-motion puppetry. And then when I came back to Sarah Lawrence, I studied with a fantastic uh, puppeteer named Dan Herlin, who was and is still doing amazing work in the New York scene. And he, during, during that course, uh, took us to all of the um, great puppet shows happening uh, in the city at that time. That's where I fell in love with Janie Geiser, who actually got her start in puppetry in Atlanta at the center. Just was, was very inspired by that course. Then I, after I graduated, I went out to Portland, Oregon, where I worked with Tears of Joy Theater and was a touring puppeteer for a year. Uh, also, with Tears of Joy, I worked with Divadlo Continua, which is a Czech company who had come out to celebrate the opening of the Czech streetcars in Portland, and I was able to work with them. They were there in residency for a week and uh, created a, a production with Tears of Joy and with that company uh, to celebrate the opening of the streetcars, uh, and just really f- fell in love with puppetry there and
0: how many years have you been here
1: let's see that was back in 2004 when i moved here okay. so it's uh 14 years wow
0: yeah. yeah now what do you think that it means to atlanta um and maybe the southeast more broadly but not in a homogenous way because it's a really diverse region but what does it mean to have this creative work in the center here in the city in Georgia. Why is that important or good that Atlanta has this? You know cuz I mean so much of the theater world is in New York or you think I think sometimes people don't think of the creative arts as having a home in the mm-hmm. South. But like how does the center really contribute to that and push against that narrative?
1: Yeah, well I know that in if you go to any other puppet area in in the world people know about, they, usually it's referred to as the, the Atlanta Center. They're like, oh, you're from the Atlanta Center. Uh, Atlanta is, is very, very well known um, on the international scene um, and in sort of the more traditional art scenes um, in this country, so New York, Chicago, um, there's, there's definitely a sense of, of Atlanta and this center having a very um, prominent role in puppetry. Um, and and I think what, what I love is that it does, uh, the center has a long history, uh, I guess we'll get to that a little bit later, but the, we have a, a long history of inviting guest artists to the center from all over the world and the states and to bring people here um, and to share ideas and to share um, techniques and to really have that, that exchange of ideas and, and it uh, is is so important and also to introduce people to the South because not always um, some people will go you know use Hartsfield Jackson as the hub to go somewhere else so to actually get people to come here and share with them how, how amazing Atlanta is uh, is is important and um, to have the center as a destination for puppeteers from around the world is is I think an important to to sharing the significance of, of this region, Georgia in general, uh, you know, per capita spending per uh, for the arts is 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 we're we're not ranked high, but I think that that doesn't mean that there's not an appreciation uh, among audiences for new the new and the innovative and uh, and. To experience those things, it's, and I think it it makes it even more important that we're here, uh, and the fact that the center really has programming across generations, so people can come here as young as two, and see a show and get involved and get excited about how the arts can have an effect on on one's life, um, all the way up to our adult programming. So it's uh, you you really can. At any any point, uh, come and, and really appreciate uh, appreciate the arts here, and the fact that we're that we do have a home. Uh, there are lots of great artists doing work all over the city, but there's uh, they're doing it in different places. So there's there's something about having a place dedicated to such a unique art form that has a home that showcases both the past, which is in our museum, plus what's going on right now in the present with our our theater programming. So I, I think and also our education department ties all of that in together and shows people how they can incorporate the arts into their own life and, and create. And I I'm such a supportive of the arts and I've done uh, basically since I was young I have been uh, involved in the arts but I, I don't think you necessarily have to be an artist to appreciate the arts or to, um, to have that need to be exposed to the arts and it's really important to me that people know that okay even if you're if you're involved or you um, go see a show there's not like there's there is value in the arts beyond Okay, I'm going to become a professional puppeteer or a professional dancer, a professional, you know, it's, there you can still enjoy the arts and and derive great value from it with, without necessarily having that as a trajectory.
0: Now, you mentioned this before. Can you tell us just a little bit more about experimental puppetry theater, what it is, how it brings people here, and how it's helped sort of make this an artistic hub? Mhm.
1: XBT is a program, it's the Experimental Puppetry Theater Program. It was first established in 1983 as really a way for puppeteers who were already working here doing uh, shows. It was a way for them to branch out, try something new, try new technique, try new ideas, and just really to play and have fun with each other. And it became so popular that they... uh, started inviting more people in and structuring it a little bit more and it's had a, a each year uh, around January the applications come in for people who uh, to, with ideas of what they want to do and then in February uh, the selected pieces the directors for those are brought together along with a community of other Performers, visual artists, people just interested in puppetry or uh, who just want to do something different will also join as individual members. And then between February and May, they will work together to develop the show uh, and their individual pieces and then showcase that in May. And what I've seen, there's been so many people from the very beginning through now who have come through and... Uh, been inspired, but also connected to other artists that they may not have known, uh, and and to explore with the art form, but also explore with each other and make connections. There's uh, been artist collectives that have have come out of it. There have been artists who have gone on to do other, you know, great things in TV, film. Um, but this was their first opportunity to really craft something and share it with an audience, um, in, in this way with puppetry. So I think it's, uh, it's a fantastic program. I know for me, it was, it was one of the reasons why I wanted to come back to Atlanta because it, it really showed me the great community that is in Atlanta and, uh, that there's really good work being done here.
0: And are the applicants
1: and recipients are they local, national, international? Uh, mostly local because the process part of the process is uh, meeting every uh, month or so mm-hmm. to to work together. And if you're doing a live show, then of course rehearsals are part of that. So not everyone has the ability to come down for three to five months to to rehearse. That said, I mean, I we started our. Uh, our project up in New York and came down to do it. Uh, we've had people, uh, the XBT also has film and installations. Uh, we just had an installation come up from Florida. Uh, we've had uh, international films that have been submitted. Connecticut, there was recently one from Montreal. Uh, so so we uh, definitely have a, a wide variety, but the, the majority is probably Uh, the local and then when we can we incorporate other artists as well and I I will say uh, the center is also home to UNAMA USA Uh, speaking of bringing the world to Atlanta the where uh, UNAMA is the International Association of Puppeteers the organization has centers all over the world and each one of these centers bring puppeteers together and then every Uh, Every two years, there's a council meeting that comes together and uh, and meets, and then every four years they have a congress where that and the congress is always associated with a world uh, puppetry festival as well. Uh, In two thousand and twenty, that will be uh, in Bali. So if anyone is interested, it's a a great meeting of puppeteers. Uh, But but what Unima's aim is is to foster uh, peace and understanding through the global art of puppetry. Um,
2: So another thing that we have throughout the Global Gallery is that we have these places where um, because puppetry really is such a global thing, we wanted to demonstrate how the traditions line up and not just how they are separate. In the countries. So we have this area that explains how there are puppets with animals all around the world. Um, we have some puppets from Broadway, The Lion King, um, and uh, this is a Sigi from Africa, and um, generally when the videos are all on you can see how that works and um and see those things in action. And then we have marionettes from China and different shadow uh, puppets. Um, this one is from Cambodia, it's just really beautiful. It's made of leather and just, oh, wow. That's Definitely, I'm so glad we have it here in our collection, but these are the kind of things that you could also just use as works of art in your home.
0: Well, in the way, I don't think I've ever thought about um, how you could really use color with shadow puppetry right. with the, back on, the backlight, like how colorful this really is. It's not, I think I've often thought of it just, just in as this. a shadow yes, yeah,
2: but and certainly more complex than the things you can do with your hands to make shadow puppets but they're um, and there's a lot of ways that they're lit and a lot of nuances that can go back generations or um, can be being innovated now so people are still working with them we use them in our own shows a lot as well right. so. so our Jim Henson collection is all set up to be chronological through his life it starts with his early work here
0: do little kids come here and feel like they're meeting celebrities yes
2: <laughs> I think adults do too. <laughs> I do feel, I also feel that way.
0: <laughs> I'm like, we oh my um, God. I was going to say,
2: I'm sure we will get to something that is one of your favorites. And yeah. you'll, it'll be an experience. And that is really great. And I'm so glad that we're able to share that with folks. So oh I know you want to gosh. see the freckles.
0: <gasps> wow. Oh God, the little doozers. Yes.
2: They're so cute. I was very happy to see Sprocket. Um, I oh, used to work yeah. here in the development office so when this all opened I still was part of the center but I didn't work in the museum department yet and we all got to go on a special tour and when I saw Sprocket that's when I started to tear up a little bit.
0: <laughs> if my young self knew I lived in a city with the Fraggles she would be so happy because they are probably one of my favorite things.
2: And I do think that that is one of the wonderful things about us having the Henson Collection. Not only is it wonderful to just share this work of this amazing artist, who's really had an impact on our culture in so many different ways but when people come here to see that then they can see all this other work and um really understand how it fits in to the larger story of puppetry
0: these this is really something else it does feel like i feel like i am like i asked earlier if children felt that way but it does feel that
2: like, like, oh my gosh, um, you're real. Yes, and I've worked with a store collection, historical collections and art collections in my past, but this is the first time, and I'm sure this makes me sound crazy, that I've talked to my artifacts <laughs> because <laughs> they have personalities and they were alive, seemingly. Yeah, you um, know them. <laughs> yes, but, you yes know. they're
0: our friends, <laughs> absolutely. There is a cultish following around the Dark Crystal. Absolutely. As this sort of, I guess it is canonical, but it's sort of seen as like, an offshoot of the main
2: canon of Jim Henson, right? right. right? And y'all have an exhibit coming up. We do. And it will open, um, August 31st. And it's really going to take a look at specifically how the dark crystal came to be. And that was one of Jim's pet projects. He really wanted to create this fantastical world that was completely different from the Muppets. Um, he saw the work of Brian Froud, who, um, created these beautiful, fantastical characters. And he said, I want to work with him and I want to make this. And so he got Brian on board and then they were able to come up with a plot and they opened the creature shop in London specifically to make the dark crystal creatures. One thing we tried to do in this space because we're a museum and because everything is behind plexi and we want to keep those things from being touched. We did try to add some interactive elements. So as you move your way over here, see this is our Awkward poopy display, and you can make the
0: dragon.
2: Oh. Ooh, and you can have a fight. Wait, oh, Uh oh, okay, <laughs> I see what's... what's. And so this, it, it's meant for children, but also as an adult who likes museums, I think it's important to have this stuff because I like to try this out too.
0: No, this is, what does this one do? That one makes it oh. So
2: free the fire.
0: <laughs> no, this is cool. Even if you're an adult, I mean, yeah. I think if I was in here with a bunch of kids, I'd be like, oh, I guess I gotta let the kids do e- exactly. it. Exactly. That,
2: that, yes. That's how <laughs> I generally feel now. Like.
0: But maybe when the museum is closed, I would just come in on Monday and be like, ah. Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and we are doing lots of programming now. We're um, in a couple of weeks. We have something coming up. It's called puppets and pints. So we're offering ch- child-free. Uh, hours for the museum and you can come in and uh, have a beer and enjoy what's going on. When is on. that? That's August 11th. In the I museum. am
0: so coming to that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean this seems like it is for adults too but I have to think just to have this here how special it is for all of the school kids who get to come through. Yeah, absolutely. And learn about this as an art form. It makes you realize, I think sometimes people think that the arts are like these super fancy, fine arts that they don't interact with or have access to. Mm -hmm. But this kind of brings it back down that you can be an artist. Right. And And it's influential. And most of our lives
2: are touched by the arts. Absolutely. And that's one of the reasons it's really important to us that not only when um, children and adults too, when they come here, then not only do they get to see this work as historical work, but also um, as it's happening live, but also to create it themselves. And um, our education program has these really great puppets There's one that's associated with every one of our family series shows and the kids get to come and make it and they take it home and they have this special memory that they can share and uh, it's just all of that working together really makes us a special place.
1: such an amazing history of of shows and uh for me personally uh we we have a and something that's very dear to me is our our uh, production of the ghastly dreadfuls which is our uh, annual halloween show and partly because i'm in it but also it really is a synthesis of all of the great um great aspects of puppetry, as far as storytelling, uh, the, uh, it explores so many different styles of puppetry, and it's just a, a really fun evening uh, of, of theater. Uh, that's both past, because we've been doing it for over 10 years, but also uh, present, because we'll be doing it again in uh, October. So that's that's something that I, I personally love. We're also uh, creating right now, a production of Harold and the Purple Crayon, which will premiere next March, uh, March 2019, and it's going to just be beautiful. Uh, if anyone knows Harold and the Purple Crayon, uh, the idea of him drawing his world around him is is so key to that idea of, of uh, creating problem solving and creating your world and creating your world from your imagination, which is so much about puppetry, uh, so connected to puppetry, uh, and it's just going to be a, a fantastic show. Uh, so that that I'm looking forward to, and to <laughs> there's <laughs> our like the sound of puppets <laughs> in the background. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's uh, they're they're rehearsing uh, Aesop's uh, or Taurus Tortoise and the Hare and other Aesop's fables, which is our theater for the very young show, which uh, so two to four is sort of the, the target age range. And it's a, just a, a really fun take that includes some circus elements. And we have two fantastic performers, Matt Baum and Jamika Collins, who are performing in the show. And it's directed by Amy Sweeney, who is our longtime uh, head puppeteer and just a fantastic artist in her own right. So we, every corner you turn here, you'll hear some amazing performer performing a kazoo or a... <laughs> or it's the a sound puppet. of puppets, yeah, everywhere. Um, oh. It's like artists working, you know. <laughs> it is true, yeah. We had a um, uh, we did an adaptation of Click, Clack, Moo, Cows That Type, uh, which is a, a popular children's book. And uh, so there are cows that that moo. In, uh, the, the, so for a while we'd be having meetings and we'd hear, moo, 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 moo. <laughs> 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 it's, just, yeah, it's it's a very fun place to work. You uh, you never know because then you know the next show that we'll be rehearsing will be Tales of Edgar Allan Poe. You know, for the uh, for t- teen audiences, and you know, so that's very different. So that's the other great thing about our programming is that that it is so diverse. So you never quite know what it's what it's going to be. Uh, yeah, and, and it's uh, it keeps things interesting. <laughs> What I think the arts can do and what I love about puppetry and about Unima, is the, the bringing of people together uh, to exchange ideas, arts and ideas and and it's really a, a, a cultural diplomacy where where you, By bringing artists, and we do it here, by bringing artists um, from countries from all over the world, we're we're also bringing um, stories of their cultures and stories of where, what their concerns are, what their um, joys are, what what they, um, you know, what how how it's different, how it's this, how we're different, how we're the same, all of those things. Uh, artists do that all over the world as they travel and share their stories. I mean, that's that's the most important thing I think that we can do to to foster um, peace and understanding is to understand each other and and to really have a sense of um, through our stories who we are. And and I think that that's especially we're so connected now, but also so distant in many ways with this connected world because we still don't understand each other <laughs> we're, right. we're, we're just getting thrown you know things more quickly but I think the arts have a way of really taking taking those stories and bringing people together in a way that allows us to sit together for a moment and really hear each other which I think is is so important um, Especially with um, with how connected the world is now, we need to know each other. We need to understand each other, and and the arts have a really vital role in doing that.
0: Right. I also think there is something kind of unique about puppets, and or you even think about the Henson's tradition of the Muppets. I mean, when people feel disconnected, but if you can just see this group of creatures Mm -hmm. like get along and still like figure things out it kind of allows you to have emotions and experiences and thoughts and disconnect them a little bit from yourself momentarily to think about how Mm -hmm. to act right Mm -hmm. like if this pig and this frog Can get along, then like maybe two (laughs) humans can also get along.
1: It is true, yeah, and and I think puppetry, like with any medium, there there are things that are more appropriate for family audiences and more appropriate for adult audiences. But there are some traditions, like in Indonesia, the wayang kulit, where all ages go to see the wayang kulit. It doesn't doesn't matter, you know, and and the key is that you don't have to understand everything, that even the adults don't understand everything in the show, and it's not, that's not as key. The, the, the complete comprehension is not as key as the being, being part of that experience and slowly learning things over time. So maybe you didn't understand this aspect the first time you saw a show, then the next time you came in you saw the show and you had had this other life experience that now that combined with seeing the show has gives you a greater understanding um, both of that life experience and of what's happening on stage and that it builds throughout your lifetime so it's and and we're always building our knowledge base and building our understanding, and that's okay. It's okay to not understand. It's about the process. As theater makers and the center does, and I, I know artists in general, they 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 we're always striving to create something that will connect with an audience and to make people feel what we feel, you know. And it's it can be a challenge, but it's, that's always the goal
0: thanks for listening this week we'd also like to send a big thanks to jill Kristen, and everyone at the Center for Puppetry Arts. They were fantastic hosts, and you should definitely pay them a visit. And if you don't live in Atlanta, when you do come to Atlanta, make it a priority to visit this incredible space. They'll be having the Dark Crystal Ball on August 30th. Details are on our website, aboutsouthpodcast.com. We'd like to send a very special thank you to Lindy Boozer, who is our first supporter on our website. Her magnet is in the mail if it hasn't gotten there already, and we'd love to send you one too. So please check out our support page or our Patreon. Links are on our social media and our website. About South is brought to you from the historic West End of Atlanta, Georgia. Lindsay Baker produced this episode. Kelly Vines and Ajwa Danso are my co-producers. Music is by Brian Horton. You can find his music at brianhorton.com. You can find us at aboutsouthpodcast.com. Next week, we're talking to Jason Ward about birding. The episode will be brought to you from Piedmont Park And so we will have, uh, hopefully, some guest birds. It's going to be a really fantastic episode, and we cannot wait to share that with you. Until then, take care.